All right, good evening, everyone, everyone in the house and everyone watching online. Welcome to our midweek service. And we've been teaching from the topic of uh, finish the movie, so we'll, we'll jump right into that right now. We, we, we gave you a few foundational scriptures just to, you know, just to, to see how the word lines up. You know, we gave you Philippians 1, 6, be confident in this very thing that he has begun a good work or perform in the day of Christ Jesus. So basically, he's begun a work, and all we have to do is, is uh, be confident that he'll finish the movie through us. He'll work in us to will and to do his good pleasure, and that's Philippians 2, uh, 13. And we also uh, reference Romans eight twenty eight: all things work together for good for those who love the Lord and are called according to his purpose. So how do we see it work out for good? We got to finish the movie, right? We got to finish it to see it works out for good. You know, a lot of times we're in situations, even in life, you know, we make wrong turns and, and we have slips and, you know, we can sit there and, and, and complain and magnify, oh my God, I can't believe I did this. But basically we just got to listen to the GPS and keep on moving on the wrong road to get to the right place to get off and turn around. Um, to get to where we actually have to go. So we have to keep finishing. We have to keep, we have to finish forward. You know, we have to finish forward, right? Basically finish the movie. So let's look at 2 Corinthians 3 to open up today. Uh, you know, kind of, uh, which was reminded of this uh, in Bible study fellowship, Pastor Mel mentioned how we're walking epistles. So kind of, lined up with what we're talking about today. So I figure we read this particular scripture, 2 Corinthians 3, starting with verse 1. It says, do we begin again to commend ourselves? <laughs> you know, basically that's a dangerous thing to evaluate yourselves anyway. Or need we as some other epistles of commendation to you or letters of commendation from you? It says, uh, ye are our epistles written in our, in our hearts, known and read of all men. For as much as ye are manifestly declared, declared to be, listen, the epistle of Christ ministered by us, written not with ink, but with the spirit of the living God, not in tables of stone, but in fleshly tables of the heart. So again, this movie has been written out as an epistle in our hearts. Right, it's been, been, been written out by the Holy Spirit. So, uh, again, it's a, it's, a, it's a wonderful movie that God created for us. And this movie is of good things to bring us to an expected end, as Jeremiah 29, 11 talks about. All right, so let's go here to Zechariah 4. And we're going to read uh, verses 9 and 10. Zechariah 4, 9 and 10. And it says this. It says, The hands of Zerubbabel have laid the foundation of this house. His hand shall also, look, finish it. So he started with the foundation, but he'll also finish it. And shall... And, and thou shalt know that the Lord of hosts has sent me unto you. 
It says, for who has despised, look, the day of small things? Who has despised the day of small things? But they shall rejoice and shall see the plummet in the hand of Zerubbabel of those seven. And they are the eyes and they are the eyes of the Lord, which run to and fro through the whole earth. So it says Zerubbabel began something, Zerubbabel began something and, it, and it may seem a small thing, but when it's finished, you'll see the impact of it. When it's finished, you'll see the impact of it, right? So it starts out as a small thing. So a lot of things in our life start out small. And in our culture, our culture cheats us from appreciating the small beginnings. Right, we have a we have a microwave society, so it's almost like so so you know as we've grown as a church, so we came out here uh, by ourselves uh, with sixteen hundred twenty-five dollars because God told sent us from uh, He sent us from Columbus, Ohio, you know, her hometown, you know, uh, He sent me from New Jersey to make sure I found her, right? And so so we were at a church for eighteen years. Uh, I worked there for 16. She worked there for four. And the next phase was the pastor. So God, through prayer, identified Charlotte. Never been to Charlotte in our lives. And so uh, the pastor at the last minute had a, uh, an adjustment of heart. I'll say it that way, right? And so we never expected to uh, be faithful in another man's for 18 years and come somewhere with $1,625 and living in an apartment. We hadn't stayed in an apartment in 17 years. Um, some of y'all know the story. So here we come out someplace we've never been before with $1,625, just me and her. Um, and that's a small beginning. So now think about, so we started in our, in our apartment. Uh, Zipporah was there. You know, we do the Bible study in the apartment and people get hungry and Pastor Mel make sure everybody eat, right? Yeah, that was her line, right, right? If we get late, she'd be like... So, so we're in the apartment and people calling in on the on conference lines. At first, we was using our cell phones and we would pass the cell phone around for the people that was calling in. Then we had a conference phone that we used. And so, so I remember when you know I was working on copywriting the logo and getting the website together. And my urgency was the website. I was and was you know I always want things finished first. I was setting a foundation, so everything had to be complete. Um, so I was doing research, uh, articles of incorporation and stuff like that. So I talked to the Lord, and I was like, so God, you got us out here. I said, how do we advertise Ayers Christian Center Church uh, 33517 uh, uh, Bronwyn Street, apartment 208? How many people coming? You know, you see it on the advertisement. Oh, we're going to this church at apartment 208. <laughs> No, I don't think so, <laughs> right? You know, so he's like, well, so how are we going to advertise the apartment? So that's when he told us we'll start the church 10 months after we left Ohio, which was 2010, October 2010 at 10 a.m. service. So 10 meaning full circle. So that was, so when he told me that was in June, he says, that's going to happen in uh, August. We ain't had no building. So, but, but the thought is this, the small beginnings was the apartment. So there's some people that came through the apartment was like, this ain't no church. Then we started at the dance studio, right? Where we had to stack up the chairs. You know, you had to, service had to be over at a certain time. We could, the Holy Spirit had to respect time because people had to come in and have dance lessons, right? 
And then we had to finish enough time to stack up the chairs because everybody that came to service, probably some people probably didn't come because it's like, man, I don't feel like uh, helping with those chairs today. <laughs> right? And so think about it. You got some people thinking then like, eh, we had a dance studio. I don't know. You know, then we had the lease option to buy a building that's about 10 minutes from here. And then they reneged on us, and then we go to the shopping center. And y'all don't know this, but some people, uh, one person wanted to do their funeral, and then they came, saw the building, and was like, well, nah, we changed our mind. Because we don't want to do our funeral at, uh, at the shopping center. Because for them, it wasn't an official church, because it was at a shopping center. So again, so, so maybe unintentionally or how people grow, people kind of turn their nose up at the small beginnings. And then you have other people running to finished products and then they will come tell us, well, they do this over here. I was like, well, they started somewhere too. So imagine you starting something. You want somebody to hang in there with you or go, ah, you ain't doing that right now. I'll show up when you've already finished you know, <laughs> like, like after all the work is done, right? Which we can't um, uh, turn our nose up at small beginnings. Let's look here at Isaiah 61, right? Because the small beginnings is what? That's the beginning of the movie, right? Right? That's the beginning of the movie. And then some, uh, some people like uh, uh, Zipporah back there and some other people, um, you know, so, so for Z, Z has a whole other revelation. Her, her and her husband have a whole other revelation than some other people because she was at the apartment, right? So you kind of see things different at different stages. Uh, I remember David Jones uh, yeah, came in town one time and he was like, he said, man, he says, uh, yeah, so I remember the dance studio. So it just gives people a different picture, Right? Helps you to appreciate the finish of the movie when you've gone through the beginning, right? <laughs> right? Helps you appreciate it, right? There's a reason why people are uh, uh, jumping and shouting for the Lord, because God brought them through something, all right? Um, Pastor Mel's going to talk about it in the five and five principle, but, you know, when you're a part of your witnesses, you represent in Christ and your testimony. So, yes, yeah, so, so it makes it easier for you to talk to other people about God, not just because you know Scripture. Your testimony does have an impact, too, because you, you're sharing from experience, right, what God brought you through. All right, so just a little advanced plug for uh, discipleship class on uh, Sunday. So Isaiah 61, it says, uh, the Spirit of the Lord God is upon me. I'm sorry, verse 1. The Spirit of the Lord of God is upon me because he has anointed me to preach good tidings unto the meek, right? He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted and to, uh, to proclaim liberty to the captives, the opening of, opening of the prison to them that are bound, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord, the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort the mourn. Now, the acceptable year of the Lord is called the time of jubilee. So, so what would happen is every seven years, people would be released from bondage, you know, what they owed and their debt and stuff like that. You're supposed to do that now, but <laughs> since nobody knows it, they just kind of plays it off. But every seven, uh, seven times seven is 49. So every 50th year was the year of Jubilee. 
uh, you know, in the Bible, we know that as the day of Pentecost, right? So this is what he's talking about, you know, the, uh, the acceptable year of the Lord, right? It says, to appoint unto them that mourn in Zion to give them beauty for ashes. Remember the women's conference, beauty for ashes, right? It says, the oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, that they may be called trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that they might be glorified. And they shall build the old waste places. I'm sorry, the old wastes. They shall raise up former desolations and they shall repair the waste cities, the desolation of many generations. Basically, they shall finish the movie, right? And strangers shall stand and feed your flocks and, and the sons of the alien shall be your plowmen and your vine dressers. Basically, the enemies is going to be kind of helping you uh, flourish. It says, but you shall be named the priests of the Lord. Men shall call you the ministers of our God. You shall eat the riches of the Gentiles, and in their glory shall ye boast yourselves. Right? Now, verse 7. It says, for, for your shame in the small beginning." right? For your shame, you shall have double. And for your confusion, they shall rejoice in their portion. Therefore, in their land, they shall possess the double. Everlasting joy shall be upon them. So, so during, this, during this process, and you know, this is, uh, this is Isaiah 61, but it parallels to Luke 4, when Jesus read this and said, I'm the man that's going to make this happen, basically. <laughs> you know, he said, Today the scripture is fulfilled, right? But this is what he was reading in the temple in Luke chapter 4, right? And so this is, this is very interesting because we're talking about finishing a movie, and, and this is, talks about a lot of beginnings. So it says, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the good tidings to the meek, right? It says, it's, it says he has sent me to, to bind up the brokenhearted. So the brokenhearted is the small beginnings, but the finish of the movie is, is their, their hearts will be bound or healed. It says to proclaim liberty to the captives. The small beginnings are there in captivity, but the finish of the movie is they'll be in liberty. It says the opening of prisons to them that are bound. Obviously, the, obviously they're, they're bound, but they're, everything that's binding them shall be opened up and released when they finish the movie. Talked about the acceptable day of the Lord, the day of vengeance, but it says, look, those that mourn, the finish is comfort. You know, it says those that are, are almost broken down and, and, and burnt out like ash, they will receive boot, uh, beauty. It says the oil of joy for mourning, right? The garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. So the, the, it gives the contrast, the, the small beginnings, but it gives the finish of the movie. It says so when Christ shows up, like, like he's showing up. And then, look, it says the beginning was shame. See, see, we, we shut down with shame. We, we decide to be depressed with shame. We think shame means give up. We, we think shame means it's over. No, no, shame, shame is just the beginning. No, no, you're still at the beginning of the movie. You got to finish the movie, man. You get double for the shame, right? And so, so a lot of, like, like we, you know, so, so in, in our lives sometimes, once again, because the culture 
it's like we start something, you know, people go through school and they have a prescribed way you get through school, you know. As you go through your freshman year, you're at a certain age, your sophomore year, your junior year, senior year, and, you know, then you go on to college. Well, some people don't go on to college. Ah, see, you're a failure. Based on what? The movie ain't finished yet. There's plenty of people that went to college and only went for that semester, <laughs> right? There's plenty of people who went to college, went for all four years, and are still ain't doing what their degree is for, right? And then you have people that did not right? And they're just finishing the movie. It all works out because we all have a customized process for our purpose, right? But, and then some of us get stuck in the script that somebody else wrote instead of finishing our movie, right? You just got to let it play us out. You know, the, everything has a, um, a process. So I think about the story of Job. When you look at the beginning, he said, man, so, so, his, so he had all this stuff. Job was just, just righteous, handling his business. So then the sons of God, along with Satan, the angels came, and God recognized that Satan is, is rolling with him. He's, just, he's almost like black sheep of the angels, right? He says, uh, he, says, he says, I already know what you're thinking. You consider him Job because you had so much favor as Lucifer, so you consider him Job because he's blessed. He said, I know you're considering him. He says, uh, he says, yeah, if you didn't have that hedge of protection around him, yeah, boy, I, he curse you and die. He says, well, you can test him if you want to. You can't kill him, but you can test him. But you'll see. There's <laughs> a reason why he's blessed, right? At the same time, Job was concerned that he was going to lose all those blessings. So at first he was giving his tithes and offering, giving his offering out of love for God. I just love God out of appreciation. His kids started tripping, then he started giving out of fear. I don't want to lose this stuff because my kids done lost their mind. So now he's sowing out of fear. And the Bible says, the thing that I greatly feared has come upon me in Job 3.25, right? So then he goes through all this stuff. But no matter what, he never cursed God. So no matter what was going on, the, 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 the loss, the heartache, he kept, I'm just going to finish the movie. <laughs> I'm just keep finishing the movie. And then his boys came, and they breaking them down. I'm finishing the movie. And so Job's finish of his movie, it said he got double of everything that he lost, right? But he had to finish it out like we have to do. We have to complete things out. In this process, listen, I just want to give you this. So in this process, uh, as one of his friends was talking to him, they said something that speaks to what we're talking about now in Job chapter 8, verse 7. Job chapter 8, verse 7. It says, your ladder shall be greater. Your ladder shall be greater. Right? So as one of his friends was talking to him, just that point stood out for me because your ladder shall be greater means, hey, the end of the movie is going to look like a whole lot better than this, these small beginnings. Right? The end of the movie is going to look a whole lot better than these small beginnings. Right? So, so that's why we don't despise small beginnings. We don't despise the beginning of our movie. Just let it play out. Let it play out. God will work it out for your good. Let's look here at uh, uh, Haggai. Haggai chapter 2. 
And we look at Haggai chapter 2. Haggai. I keep saying Haggai. Haggai. Um, chapter 2. And we'll lock in here at verse 7. It says, and I will, I'm sorry, I'll give you a minute to get there. I know it's major prophets after Psalms, Proverbs, and Ecclesiastes, and Isaiah and all of them, and after Hosea, after Zephaniah. <laughs> all right. Uh, so, so it's kind of how I figure out, you know, I just think minor or major. Is it before Psalms and Proverbs or after, you know, so. All right, so, so Haggai 2, verse 7, it says, And I will shake all nations, and the desire of all nations shall come, and I will fill this house with glory, said the Lord of hosts. So when you hear God talks about shaking all nations, think about how, you know, you, you're, you, you have something in the bag and you're trying to shake out <laughs> what's in the bag. So, so when God shakes stuff, what rises to the surface is what's, 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 what can stand. So that's why he says, and the desire of all nations shall come. When I shake, shake them, their true desire is what's going to come out, right? And I will fill this house with glory, saith the Lord of hosts. And verse 8 says, the silver is mine and the gold is mine, saith the Lord of hosts. Don't get it twisted, it's all mine, is basically what he's saying. Verse 9, and the glory of this latter house shall be greater than the former, saith the Lord of hosts. And in this place will I give peace save the Lord of hosts. So he's saying what's happening on, 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 at, at the beginning never looks like what's going to happen down the road. I mean, we know that in uh, Romans 8.18, it says the sufferings of this present time aren't worthy to be compared to the glory which shall be revealed in us, right? What it's saying is the, pre the sufferings of the beginning of this movie ain't worthy to be compared to how it's going to end. Just keep, keep, keep on going. Let it, let it play itself out. You know, let it play itself out. And see, we need to see that and, and, and believe that because one that tells God, oh, listen, I already know you, God, and I know you have good things for me. I know you know that I'm human and you know that, that in my heart of hearts, my desire is to fulfill your will. So I'm just going to learn from some of these choices and mistakes but I, I know if I, I'm going to keep my love for you because if I keep my love for you, it all works out for my good. If I just stay in harmony with your will, because he says all things work together for good for those that love the Lord and are called according to in harmony with his purpose. If I stay in line with your will, it's going to work out for my good. You know, uh, it's going to work out for my good. You're going you're to convert all my mishaps into strength and learning processes. The things that, 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 that made me shameful are going to be converted into the wisdom that's going to help me move forward. You see what I'm saying? Because most of, most of us that have any level of wisdom, we learned it through mistakes, <laughs> right? So we walk around, hey, so you might not want to do that that way. See, if you do that that way, this could happen. So you sound so wise, but you sound so wise because you were that fool at one time. Right? Okay. I was that fool at one time. So maybe y'all haven't crossed over to the fool stage. 
You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, I just say I, you know what I'm saying? So, so yeah, we was uh, doing some premarital uh, with, with a couple out of town, and I was, I was walking the young man through, you know, just your process. I said, listen, man, the only reason I know is because I was you. So I'm not telling you this because I'm a pastor or because I read it in some book. I'm telling you this because I read it in my story. <laughs> it was in my movie. <laughs> hey, hey, you might want to go watch my movie. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, like, I read it in my movie. I've seen this. I've seen this before, right? And so, so we, if we look at it from that standpoint, we look at our blessings, our wonderful things to appreciate. Look at some of the craziness as the wonderful things that we can use to help other people not go through stuff. <laughs> right? It's, it's, it's a win-win if you, really, if you look at it from the right angle, right? All right, so let's look here at Jeremiah 30. Jeremiah 30. Just a few chapters back. Still in those major prophets. All right, so Jeremiah 30, and we'll lock in here at verse 17. It says, for I will restore health unto thee, and I will heal thee of thy wounds, saith the Lord, because they called thee an outcast, saying, this is Zion, whom no man seeketh after. Right? How many of us have been in that position? It says, thus saith the Lord, behold, I will bring again the captivity of Jacob's tents and have mercy on his dwelling places, and, this, and the city shall be builded upon her own heap, and the palaces shall remain after the manner thereof. But what he, so he was saying, I'm going to restore some things. No matter, yes, you've been considered an outcast, but I'm going to restore some things. He said, so, so the beginning of the movie is, is you're neglected. You're not appreciated. You're taken for granted. Other people are benefiting from your insight and your wisdom, converting it into their promotions. <laughs> right? He says, oh, don't worry about that. See, because no matter what, vengeance, so he says, vengeance is mine, saith the Lord. He says, you win. No matter how it looks, you win. Like, it's amazing how it's almost like they're operating like you're not there. He, so based on the other teaching, he's like, don't get thirsty. I got you. Just stay with me. People are going to wish they did pay attention to you. Just finish the movie, right? Finish the movie. Um... And so we got to, you know, as we're going through this process, we're going to, the Bible says, be anxious for nothing, right? Right? Uh, Philippians 4, 6, be anxious for nothing. Um, and so, so, so we got to, uh, the scripture talks about you have need of patience. After you've done the will of God, you might receive the promise. We read that the other week in Hebrews 10, 36, right? So just almost like let it play itself out. Um, you know, Karen was saying something in the Bible study fellowship last Friday. You know, sometimes uh, we try to anticipate how the movie's going to end. Because so, we don't want to finish the movie. We just try to figure it out how. And our life is the same way. We're always trying to figure out, now how's this supposed to go? Just let it play itself out, right? <laughs> let, it, let it play itself out. Uh, <laughs> you know, we say, uh, get to the good part. <laughs> But the, but the good part is only good with the rest of the script. It's not the good part without the, the, the craziness that happened at the beginning. That's what makes it the good part. 
was uh, his movie uh, Unusual Suspects, right? And so, you know, the way it ended was, it was, it was, the whole movie was totally surprising how it played out. You know, one person wasn't who they really were. And so the detective that's trying to investigate really what's going on, the person that's, that did everything is right in front of his face telling the story. But he's telling the story based on his, uh, bullet, his bulletin board. Like, he had a coffee mug, so he used that as a character. He had something else with bully, bully. He started taking pieces from the bulletin board, telling a story that wasn't true the whole time. But, but his character had weight because of all the stuff that happened at the beginning. When you finish the movie at the end, remove everything that happened at the beginning, his character wouldn't have even made no sense. It was just somebody just telling another story, right? So we got to finish it out, right? Uh, you know, Karen also said something in, on, on Friday. She says, a lot of times we're playing other people's roles. We're not playing our roles. You know, you, you know Lord's uh, always shared this with me. You know, we can't fly with other people's wings anyway, you know? And a lot of times, you know, you know how you, you're waiting for the right situation. You're waiting for the right uh, favor the right connection, but that that right connection, that right favor is looking for you in your role. If you're in somebody else's character, they don't even recognize you, right? You can't you can't fulfill your get to your fulfillment wearing them. <laughs> it just doesn't work that way, right? Um, we have to play out our role. Uh, 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 Joe said something Friday too. He says, other people are watching our movie, so we got to finish it. So, so, so people are watching what we're going through. So we got to finish it so it can inspire them. And so that made me think about, I shared this, uh, maybe I forgot which teaching it was, but it was another teaching the movie American Underdog. And, you know, that movie's uh, phenomenal. You know, I just told a, a father he needed to have uh, his boys are athletes, uh, look at the movie because what we're talking about finishing the movie, that's th- that, that you can sum that movie up that way. Because the interesting thing is he, uh, Kurt Warner went through so much on the front end of his life. And the trip is he started out knowing what he wanted to be. So the movie starts. But then he goes through hurdles because he was fighting what was being sent his way to be what he wanted to be. So because, uh, I'll share this with my grandson, he was, he, was, he was talented, but he was different. So he did things that other people, it, it wasn't the norm. But what they was asking him to do was adding to what he could do. But he was like, well, I don't need to do that to accomplish what you asked me to do. So, so it's like me in college. In college, I come down, I throw a pass, it might go through, if it went through three or four people, it hits your hands, I got an attitude. It hits your hands, right? You should catch it, because that's what I was taught in Newark, New Jersey. Well, um, the coach came to me one time and said, Keith, it's your responsibility to make it catchable. I'm not really at first listening to him. I'm like, what do you mean make it catchable? It hit his hands. I threw it through, you know, you, know, you think you're sweet because you threw it through four or five people. It hit his hands. And, and as I grew, I got it. I was like, so what, basically what he's saying is everybody don't have quick recognition. So we had a guy that had bad hands. So if I thought I threw it to him hot, he ain't catching it. 
So I had to dribble all the way to the goal and just drop it. So, because now he don't have to think. But I had another guy, he lives out in, in North Carolina. I could throw it to him any type of way at any time. He gonna catch it all the time. Kurt had great hands, <laughs> right? And so everybody has different hands. And everybody can process this. Some people have to throw a bounce pass, so they hear the ball, they hear the ball, now they have time to set their hands because it bounced first. But if I threw it to them right straight, they're going to drop it. They're trying to teach me this. I'm not listening to them. I'm like, listen, should have caught it. Did you hear the crowd? My coach would be like, bounce pass, bounce pass. I come down, boom, crowd, ah! I was like, did you, we, why are you complaining? Look, look, everybody's excited. He's complaining because this ain't going to help you where you're going. And so all the stuff they were telling me, I need it later. How many things are we blowing off that we're being taught now that we don't think we need? Yeah, because, because of our overconfidence. I'm good, I'm good, I don't need that. Right? But see, what we're doing is we're not, we're, we're not realizing that God is writing all this is a part of the script. We got to let it play out. And that's what American Underdog was about because each thing that looked like it was embarrassing and shameful was a piece that was going to help him and ultimately doing what no one's done before. I'm, I'm kind of watering it down because I don't know if y'all saw the movie, so I don't want to mess the movie up for y'all. Right? So I was trying to be nice, you know. I really want to give all the specifics because it'll help the sermon, but I don't want to teach y'all for the movie. <laughs> right? So I'll let that go. By the next time I share this, I'm going to give all the specifics so y'all got at least a week to <laughs> watch the movie, <laughs> right? Uh, I think it's on Disney, right? So, um, and, and I think about our story, our movie, all these different areas of helps that we participated in up to this time. You know, whether it was, you know, uh, uh, whether it's music ministry, you know, my wife ain't had no background with children and ended up working as a director. But that helps her with what we're putting together now with the children's ministry. You know, because she ends up learning a lot of how to work with agencies. She was doing so much, so many resourceful things, but serving as a, a, a armor bearer. She tells you the story where it was a almost armor bearer abuse where they had her having bags on her ankles and and dragging through uh, airports and stuff like that. Um, and the same thing, we need to be in an armor bearer, working with developing discipleship classes, uh, doing campus ministry, doing youth ministry, developing basketball programs, all these little different things. Uh, one of my closest friends was a construction manager to build the 66,000 square foot building. So me being around him, I was painting for this guy, uh, you just learn stuff. All these little pieces build up into you finishing your movie. So we can't despise the small beginnings. We can't be embarrassed because it's not shiny along the way. <laughs> it's preparing you for some things. So you have to embrace the small process and let the movie play out, right? And this is the other thing. You can't uh, stop trying to go back and re-edit the movie. Finish the movie. You know, we try to go back and change it because we want the script to look different. <laughs> No, just finish it. Let, it. let it play itself out. These things are important. The other thing is um, we can't keep playing reruns. <laughs> it's, it's, 
you know, Scripture says, forget the things that are behind you and press toward the mark of the prize, right? You can't keep playing reruns. You know, see, when I was in high school, <laughs> you ain't in high school no more. High school gone, man. <laughs> it's over, you know. It's over. We, we can't, yeah. yeah, when I was, <laughs> you know, uh, talked to a young man, uh, uh, we were just talking about just to, he was, you know, just asking me about the past. I was sharing with some past to, to uh, encourage him. He plays overseas. I said, listen, man, I said, uh, I said, the only reason I was, I've been able to play with you guys is I had to learn the game, and I had to process things differently. I said, I don't jump no 37 inches no more. It's over. I, I'm not even trying to do that. I don't need to. <laughs> I'm a pastor. I don't need to play basketball, to be very honest with you. I just like doing it. You know, it's over, man. I'm not, hey, nobody trying to get no, I, I, played, at, uh, I played at the gym, and they, they was, uh, was downtown. And these guys, man, they just got tired of losing. So they just was cheating and making up stuff. So you know what I did? I, was looking, I looked at them. I said, you know what? Uh, I'll see y'all later. They was like, huh? I said, no, no, I'll see y'all later. I said, I don't, I don't really need this. I don't have to play. See y'all later. Bye. I don't have to play basketball. <laughs> I went home. Got some extra sleep that day. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm up here at 5.30 in the morning. I said, it's, it's not that serious. <laughs> this is not my life. It's just something I like to do. You understand what I'm saying? Like, we, so when you're, when you're playing your movie, you can process things. But let's not, let's, let's, let's try to avoid these uh, reruns. Now, now, one of the things we emphasized the other week was um, let it play out. Let's not jump to conclusions. Um... You know, because you can, you can, you can, jumping to conclusions is a lot of times drawing assumptions which are not warranted from available information. So jumping to conclusions are drawing assumptions which is not warranted from available information. He doesn't like me. Based on what? Have you talked to him? No. <laughs> he think he all that. Based on what? Have you talked to him? No. I'm just, I'm jumping to a conclusion, you know. Uh, this is not going to, they're, they're probably not going to hire me for the job. Uh, yeah, well, I believe that. That's not going to happen. Based on what? I don't have the available information, right? Uh, it's one of the, uh, one of the common distor distortions, uh, well, it's one of the common distortion characteristics of depression and anxiety is jumping to conclusions. Because what? Worst case scenarios. Right? So, so, so why is the person depressed? They've already jumped to the conclusion and they've concluded that it's, it's not going to be a good out outcome. They haven't finished the movie, but they've decided to rest at a pocket and be depressed. It's not putting anybody down. People go through that process with the purpose of us hearing from God is to get out of it not to, oh, look, look, because somebody watching, listen now and be like, well, I've been depressed. And so they'll start now playing reruns. But you don't have to play reruns. The, the purpose of what God is sharing is, is us to move forward, not to go backwards, right? To move forward, right? Not to jump to conclusions. So it's, it's when, when God gives us a truth and, and it may be something we're going through, because this is the other thing, uh, 
when we hear truth and it's something that we're processing through, instead of saying, man, now I'm going to be free because I'm, I've, I'm open to realize what it is, so now I have to take the next best step from here. Sometimes what people do is go, well, that's not really my situation. It's not really like that, and you don't understand. God, God does understand, and that's why he's given us the information so we can take the next best step from there or at least establish a target, and then now, apart from him, we could do nothing. We could talk to God and say, God, help me to get through this, right? Because for some reason, my default is to, to magnify the negative and let it weigh me down, depress me, and I need you to help me to break through to believe beyond what, what my expectations has been, right? That's all God is saying. Set a new target. He's not, uh, it's not being insensitive. See, because we're, this jumping to conclusions, we're falsely concluding that things are going to go wrong, right? Or that we have done something wrong. You know, so, 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 I, <laughs> so I'm not going to say no names, but so I call somebody. It's close to me. Uh, you busy? Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm busy. I'm not going to. I can't say how they were busy because then they'll know I was talking about them. And, but I knew what they was thinking that they did something wrong. I was just calling to say hi, check on them. But, but their thought was, okay. So we ended up talking. Even though their first response was they were busy, I can't talk about nothing serious. I was like, But we all process through that. I remember when my, if my wife said Keith, I was like, oh, Lord, what's happening now? <laughs> you know, and I had to change my mindset to, it's, a, it's, a, it's another opportunity to talk to the wife, whatever the situation was. And even if it was a, a, a list of, hey, what about this, what about this, what about this? Okay, let's just talk about this. We're going to have to talk about what about this, this, that, it, it, eventually anyway. Let's just walk through it. If this is something on our mind, let's have the conversation. But not, oh, my God, the wrath of Melanie. <laughs> you, you understand what I'm saying? We, our minds, we, it's like we're resting in something's wrong. We're resting in something's going to go wrong. So we spend more time complaining than we should. The scripture says, do all things without murmuring and disputing for a reason. It's saying, why are you magnifying the negative part of the movie? Keep moving forward. Finish it out, right? So, so, so a lot of times the jumping to conclusion is skipping the step of considering all the possible interpretations of a situation. And instead of, of jumping right to accepting whatever interpretation seems most pl plausible to us. So, so, so you know, as, as we've grown, we talk about this a lot. And I was like, well, there's a thousand possibilities besides that, that one negative. Like in every situation, you realize that? Well, well, whether you realize that or not, I'm telling you, it is. There's so many other possibilities. Even if it's happened to you 17 times in a row, do you know the 18 times things can change? Why are you praying? If you ain't believing for nothing different, then what you, what you praying for? I mean, you don't need to pray. You can just stay stuck in, it's not going to happen for me, Right? And that's, that's, not, that's not helping us. Well, it's not helping us to skip moments, right? To jump to conclusions and skip moments. Allow the thing to play out. Let's look here at Ephesians 5. 
familiar scriptures here at the church, but let's look at them from a different light today. Again, again, we're, we're talking about finishing the movie, but there's, there's things that the adversary, when he's got, had a hold of us, got us. Uh, remember, remember uh, fear has torment. Perfect love casts out fear, but fear has torment, so he tries to get in our head. We talked about this in the spirit of flesh and the, the, the spirit and flesh war, right, on Sunday. How he tried to get in our head and get us, you know, get us to uh, rewrite the script. Because he can't change our script. He can only try to get us to rewrite it. I repeat, he can't change our script. He can only try to get us to rewrite it, right? Try to use us against ourselves. All right, so Ephesians uh, 15 and 16. It says, seeing then that ye walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise. Now, walking circumspectly is, is I'm intentional in my choices and decisions. I'm making sure what? I'm, I'm making sure I'm playing my script, right? Nobody else's. Walking circumspectly. And, and, and I'll tell you this. If you can stay locked in on your script, you, you'll, you'll relieve yourself from a lot of craziness. Talking to my grandson we just, you know, he's young, he's a freshman, he's learning uh, how to hoop and things of that nature. He's a very talented young man. And I, I gave him Isaiah 26.3. I've given that to a lot of people in life. He'll keep them in perfect peace of mind and stayed on him. And so what, what they're trying to teach him is, because he's athletic, all types of stuff, uh, but his coach says, uh, I just need him to stop thinking so much. Right? So, so, uh, so, so I, said, I said, grandson, he's not telling you not to think at all. Because you have to think to know the plays. He says he's telling you not to overthink, right? Because that causes uh, delay. You're not transitioning smooth. And you can tell when a player is thinking too much. So I tell players, I said, don't size up the shot, take the shot. Catch and shoot. Where, where'd you? The baskets, it's the same basket. Ball's the same ball. But if you stop, <laughs> if you aim, you're going to miss. But if you catch and shoot, you're going to make it most of the time. Because you've already practiced it. You don't have to think about it. Do it. Right? And so that's what he's basically telling them. And I was telling them, I said, so I said, I'll tell you what helps me is I, when I'm playing, I just be focusing on the Lord. Because that keeps out all the other noise. I said, of bragging around your friends, all that's going to be in your head. Trying to prove to everybody, all that's going to be in your head. If the coach is going to take you out of the game, all that's going to be in your head. I said, but if you focus on the Lord the whole time, you got all that other stuff out of your head, and you'll be at peace, and you'll just flow. You won't be thinking too, too much. Y'all still think I'm talking about basketball? It's the same thing. He'll keep them in perfect peace whose mind has stayed on him. See, see, we're we, we hustling too much. We're thirsty too much. Do they like me? If they're going to like me. Well, they like them more than they like me. That's, that's selfish. Play out your movie. Let the people that like you like you genuinely, not because you forced yourself in their lives. Right? That's not, that's not healthy, right? And so walk circumspectly. It says, uh, 15, see that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, <laughs> it says, but as wise. Look, and then it explains after the comma of wise what it meant redeeming the time. That means maximizing your moments because the days are evil. Redeeming the time. 
maximize. So don't stop skipping moments. Finish the movie. Yeah, so, 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 so I don't, I don't, well, I don't watch. I don't like anything horror. And I, I don't like when they be walking through the movie and it take them a long time to get through the dark tunnel to who's going to pop out and stuff like that. So, so I got I to gotta punk my flesh because I want to fast forward through that. So I'm like, okay, man. Somebody going to jump out, let them jump out, man. You know, like, because y'all taking too long, man. Dude. First of all, what idiots walking in the dark anyway, you know, like, like and then they walking with the gun like they, like they so sweet, they know where the person coming from. But you walking like this, I'm like, come on, man. You way out of, way out, all out in the open, it's dark. I just knock you upside your head. So, but I, but I got to let it play itself out because I'm messing up the movie by trying to skip that, you know. You know, I'd, I'd be like, come on, see, y'all taking too long. <laughs> you know, we got we to, gotta, don't, don't skip moments, okay? See, when we jump to conclusions, we tend to pick interpretations that fit our own world view, even when it does not fit with reality. When we jump to conclusions, we tend to pick interpretations that fit our own worldview when it does not fit reality. Now, we talked about this before. Your worldview is, is shaped by repetitious information, authoritative voices, and your environment. So sometimes we'll jump to a conclusion that fit our worldview, right, based on the culture that we've been in, even if it doesn't fit with the reality of the situation. It's just not reality, right? And so we have, to, we have to mature ourselves to not be like that. Let's look here at Psalms, Psalms 11, 1 through 5. We can't skip moments. Let the movie play out. Each part of our movie has a particular impact. You know, when you start, look, look we're inspired by testimonies, what people have gone through. And what is it, it inspires us to say what? We can go through it too, right? Because somebody's gone through it. Well, guess what? As much as you've been inspired, God wants to use your life to inspire others. But he needs you to go through it. He needs you to finish the movie. We, you know, we'll be talking to couples and we're, we're anybody's at counsel with us. We're very transparent. But we'll be talking about, you know, our little funky times and stuff like that. But, you know, and we're talking about it, we're laughing at them, but laughing about it, but it's impacting them. Actually, the, the, uh, the couple uh, uh, the other day in Virginia was like, man, uh, no, this wasn't Virginia. I don't know where they're from. South Carolina, right. And so, she, so they was like, oh, no, no, no. We're going we're, we're gonna to enjoy this session because uh, I'm you and he's her, you know, whatever the case may be. But, they, but, but, but why? Because they was hearing the testimony of what we went through. But suppose we skip those steps. We don't have that story to tell, right? Somebody's coming down your path, and they need you to finish your movie or other. You quit, you're going to affect a whole lot of people. So you, somebody has your story. Your, your, your bounce back determines if they're going to bounce back. See, see, we think it's all about what we, how we wanted it to play out. No, it's about how it's supposed to play out. Somebody's going to have to go down that path. You going to finish the movie? Or you going to be weary and well-doing? All right, so Psalm 11, 1 through 5, and I'm going to read it out of the classic Amplified version. It says, in the Lord I take refuge and put my trust. 
It says, how can you say to me, flee like a bird to your mountain? Well, basically run. It says, for see, the wicked are a bending bow. They make ready their hour upon the string that they uh, furtively in the darkness may shoot at the upright in heart. If the foundations are destroyed, what can the unyielding righteous do? It says, or, or what has he, the righteous one, wrought or accomplished? The Lord is in his holy temple. The Lord's throne is in heaven. His eyes behold. His eyelids test and prove the children of men. So we go through process. The, Lord's, the Lord tests and proves the unyielding righteous, but his soul abhors the wicked and him who loves violence. So it's saying that we're going to go through processes and tests. Finish it out. Tests prepare you for something. Every time you go through a test, it prepares you for the next thing you're about to go into, but you're ready for it. You've been there, done that. I've gone through that. You know, levels that we go through, and this is the thing, we, we isolate ourselves for a long time because, hey, there's, there's not a lot of responsibility with isolation. Right? Yeah, you know, hey, I'm not accountable to nobody. I don't have to answer nobody. I could live like I want, dress like I want, be stinky like I want to be stinky, right? I could just live stinky. Ain't nobody going to say nothing. And then, then, then you're, you, you realize you can't stay there. It's a funky place. <laughs> right? That wasn't intentional. It just came out. All right. And then... Um, Hey, hey, you're going to be like the commercial in a minute. You keep uh, <laughs> coughing all your germs out here. <laughs> you know, we, everybody going to be focused on the word. <laughs> so people going to be running up here giving you masks. All right, so anyway, <laughs> let, me, let me get focused. All right, so, so that's so wonderful, just the way you guys work. All right, so, so, so. We, we're, we go through these different tests, and it, it, it prepares us for the next thing going. But a lot of the, what the scripture says, count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptations or different tests and trials is what that means. Right? Knowing this, that what? The trying of your faith worketh what? Patience. Let patience have its That you'll be perfect and entire. Lack it. Ooh. Lacking what? So you'll be perfect and, and entire. So you'll be complete. Lacking nothing. So if I get through the test, right, they're going to, first they're going to teach me some patience, but they're going to prepare me. They're going to complete me. So I'm going to have everything I need for going forward. But if I, if I run from the test, then I'm not going to be prepared going forward. So, so just like, you know, one of the things we learn in school is you don't pass that test, you don't go to the next grade. So you keep taking the test until you pass, right? But see, in life, we want to be promoted and we ain't passed the test. We just want to pretend. Well, I've been around long enough. So you could do that in high school. You could just be like, hey, I've been here six years. Might as well just give me the, might as well just give me the degree. Come on, man. I've been right. Ain't y'all tired of seeing me? <laughs> Promote me, man. 
So it, <laughs> it doesn't <laughs> it doesn't work that way. Oh my God. <laughs> I'm sorry. My imagination. All right, so Ecclesiastes eleven four says this in the Amplify verse it says, He observe he who observes the wind and waits for all conditions to be favorable will not sow. And he who regards the clouds will not reap. And so, so, so it's saying like, uh, like we got to keep, keep moving. But the person that observes the wind and waiting for favorable conditions, watching a movie, seeing the worst, the craziness happen, and they're stuck in that spot, like, okay, so I'm going to continue the movie once this is fixed. No, it's fixed as you continue. It works out for good as you continue. You have to keep traveling down that road. You got to let it play itself out, right? And so, 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 so we'll get maybe more into this next week, but uh, how to avoid jumping to conclusions, how to avoid not completing all the nectar of your movie, right? Let's look here, Flip, Philippians 4. I referenced one of the scriptures earlier. I'll just read that again, and then we'll get into a couple other ones. Uh, Philippians 4 We'll, we'll, we'll start here at verse 6. We're going to target verse 8. But it says, be careful for nothing. And another version says, be anxious for nothing. It says, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. It says, look, and the peace of God, with, which passes or it's beyond all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Verse 8, finally, brethren. It says, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue, if there be any praise, look, think on these things. So what helps me not to jump to conclusions or jump out of position or, or skip moments is to think on, the, on, on godly things, right? He'll keep them in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on him right? That's going to help us to navigate and just to, to be re relaxed in the moment, right? The scripture says, through patience, you possess your soul. Your mind is not all over the place. Through patience, that's a, was that Luke 21, 19, right? I know that's an audible for the people watching online. Um, but, and so, so what we want to watch, because this whole jump into conclusion is what we'll call for our conversation quick fixes, right? We'll call it quick fixes. So you know, uh, I was sharing this the other, the other day, you know how we have a temptation to try to rush out of a mistake. So anybody that's made a mistake, you know, you try to rush out of a mistake. You know, you try to fix the mistake and normally what does that do? You make it worse. And, and so, so, so what could have been easily relieved or forgiven or processed through We've, we're dragging a lot longer because we're constantly trying to fix the mistake. You know, you, you know let's say you make a, a, a wrong choice in a situation and you're trying to go, well, okay, if it really works out for good, then I didn't make a mistake. No, you did. Just cut your losses, learn from it, and keep on moving, right? And so we try to operate in these quick fixes. And so we don't want to do that because when we try to operate in quick fixes, we're editing God's movie. Let it play, let it play itself out. Right, so, so, so we've talked about this before, Isaiah 46.10, God declared the end, right, from the beginning, right? 
So God, so that means he's already wrote, written the script out. So he declared the end from the beginning. So he started here at the end. We've talked about this before. So, the, so this is the blueprint. This is how, this is the finished of the movie. So I'm working myself back and I'm actually now putting together all the pieces that's going to lead to that. And so then now it's, you're given the script. The script is going to lead to the end of this movie. So you got to follow the narrow way, stay in line, just play your, play your role. Let it play itself out, right? Now, don't, don't try to quick fix it. Don't try to edit it along the way. Just let it play itself out. You'll see how it all comes together, right? And that's the tough part. We, you know, uh, we've tried to re-edit it. Uh, you know, the movie, the movie calls for you to, uh, to be... I spent a spirit of time in isolation as God prepared you for purpose, right? But everybody else had boyfriends. So you decide to re-edit the movie and you try to grab a boyfriend. Well, you grab a boyfriend as an idiot. Uh, it's been an idiot for a long time, but you trying to... Now you try to rewrite the script again to make the person not an idiot that they are. Um, so now you're carrying around this, this person in your mind and in your heart for a long time as opposed to getting back on script, right? But no, 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 but you, you keep trying to play. So, so you, ain't, you ain't finished your, you ain't even been on the path of your movie for a long time. You're still trying to play out this new movie that ain't got nothing to do with God, right? Well, God declared the end from the beginning. We need to get back in line with him, right? So again, it, it takes patience to do this. You know, you know uh, people do this in life. So God is in your script. He's written in healing for you, right? So the sickness and disease come in, but he's written in healing because he's going to use you as a testimony to show how God heals. But we try to quick fix it, right, with medication. But then the medication has other symptoms. So now you need some medication for those symptoms, right? Then that medication has what? Other symptoms. Then you, I, I remember when I reunited with my mom, uh, she was diagnosed with paranoid schizophrenia, so I took her to uh, this place called NetCare. And so before we left, they was giving me the medications. I was like, she gotta take all this? And it was just, it was just, it was, it was a lot of medications. And so, so I said, I said, so, okay, so, so what is the plan? Now, I don't do medication. So I'm like, so what's the plan to wean her off of it? They said, no, she had to take this for the rest of her life. I was like, oh, no, y'all crazy. The rest of her, like, I said, see, that, that makes no sense. We're not even designed, our body develops immunities for, for anything foreign. The medication ain't going to have this same effect. So she won't. If anything, she won't be taking that same medication. She'll probably be taking more. So just like you can, you can develop more, you can wean yourself off of stuff, you know, because your body starts to adjust, right? I was like, no, no, no. I think we got it down to like three. And what it was is what I learned was all the medications wasn't how it started. It started on the one medication that produced a symptom. That produced, so she had medication for shaking, she had medication for the shaking caused something else, dry uh, mouth, another something else caused bloat, and you just medication after medication. And that's the thing. Um, a lot of times we take, think about it, if you're in pain, you take something for the pain, right? 
What's the temptation? To take more stuff for pain because the other part didn't kick in yet, right? <laughs> like that, it ain't happening quick enough. Give me more, give me more, right? Give it some time, you know, right? You ain't let it kick in yet, right? But that's what, we're not giving things time to kick in in our life, right? So we're taking compromises because God's blessings hasn't kicked in yet, right? Give it some time to kick in, man. Let it, let it play itself out. See, see, the most important a- a- aspect of preventing jumping to conclusions is to focus on, like, the facts and tangible evidence. Avoid subjective interpretation. So focus on the, on the facts. <laughs> focus on the truth, <laughs> right? Because everything else is subjective. It's based on people's experiences, not based on the truth of God's Word. You know, we sit around talking about people, they, they, they're confident in what? what they feel, just as confident as we have been in what we feel. But if we're honest with ourselves, how many things that we felt didn't work out the way we thought? Because it's not based on feelings. That's what we've talked about Sunday. It's based on God's Word. So, so without knowing more about a situation, again, there's so many types of inter- interpretations. So let it play itself out. Finish the movie. Let it just play itself out. You know, that, that relationship, that family member, it's, it's like a funky situation. Oh, this, this is what we do. We jump to conclusions and we decide, I'm going to cut that person off. I ain't had nothing to do with him. But you ain't let it play itself out. But, but we call ourselves Christians. We praying, right? We walking in love, right? We ain't even let the love take. Yeah, well, I've been loving them for a week. That's enough. That's enough. I'm done. This love stuff don't work. Oh, you, we talked to a lot of people that go, I tried loving them. <laughs> I'm just curious now. You tried loving them. How does that look? Are, are they still living? Are they no longer here? Because that's the only way you would say I tried loving somebody. Oh, they, they're still here. So, I mean, is there like a shelf life on, on, on love? Help me out. I tried, oh, I, I tried praying for him. I'm just curious now. I'm just worried. I'm just, just, how long has this tried? Has it been consistently every day for six months? Consistently every day? Consistently every day? That ain't even a try. Six months ain't a try. A year. It's been taking people longer to pray for you to get you out of the stuff you've been doing. People been praying for you for years, and you just coming out of the funk. But you can't pray for a person. Oh, you want people to pray for you and love you forever. <laughs> but your love has a shelf life. Your prayers, I was just, I was just curious, just asking. What are, we, what are we doing, y'all? There is no such thing as I tried. I ain't hear that and don't want to. Because I know it was something crazy. All right, so, so we have to accept in our process of finishing the movie. I don't know, it's crazy. I didn't hear it. Um, we have to accept uh, a level of uncertainty 
through this process. So don't jump to the conclusions. Uncertainty is a part of the process. I remember, uh, uh, and I, I think I can share this. I don't think he'll mind me sharing it. Uh, I remember when Pastor uh, Nate uh, was starting the church, he called me up. He says, okay, what, do you, what, do you, what did you do with the uncertainty? Because, you know, you, you, you know you're starting the ministry. There's a level of uncertainty. You're starting anything. You're starting a marriage, a relationship. You're starting to walk with God. You're starting a, a new church. There's a level of uncertainty. You know, so, so again, that's why we keep our mind on God. He'll keep us at peace. We have to accept a certain level of uncertainty. In a new, new marriage, there's a certain level of uncertainty as we're growing in our marriage because there's things that we're, we're, we're constantly evolving to learn about. Us coming out here, okay, so, so we're married in Ohio. Us coming to Charlotte, the new experiences, new levels, new questions. Just coming, she came out here first, right? She, she got the jobs. And I was working at the church. So there's, there's uncertainty. There's we had to talk through conversations, right? Because there's a level of uncertainty. Through, we have to accept there's levels of uncertainty. But we're looking for guarantees. All right, I'll forgive them if you give me a guarantee that they'll never do it again. Okay, so God will forgive you if you give him a guarantee that you won't do it again. Same measure you meet shall be measured back to you. Can you guarantee God you'll never do it again? Stop lying. No, you can't. I know you just lied just now and said you could, but no. You ain't guaranteed. You just want, you want to be given a shot. Are you giving that shot? I'm not talking about crazy, because see, somebody's going to convert this in. Well, you said give, them, give the person a shot, and the person's been an idiot and fool destroying your life. I didn't say that. Y'all know what I'm talking about, so stop. Stop making up stuff. I, I told you to stop carrying the wrong movie into God's movie too. You, did you forget that part? I know how y'all do. You twisting stuff. I, I cut that off, right? See, just in case somebody. So, so we have to be content with not knowing what people are thinking and not knowing what is going to happen in your future is ultimately so when we think this, it's ultimately empowering, right? And this is the reality that, that we're living with most of the time. Um, try, we can't learn it all today. We can't get all the answers today. We can't get all the confirmations today. There's a level of uncertainty until we cross over into that next level. That's why the Bible says walk by faith and not by sight. Because God knows we... we even if he showed it all to us, we wouldn't see it all because our natural man would intercept some of it, you know what I'm saying, and try to second guess and twist it. Right now, some of you guys are gifted, but right now God says, okay, well, tomorrow, uh, well, I'm sorry, at the end of the week, I'm going to have you preach in a stadium, in front of a stadium in front of people. Immediately, you wouldn't sleep the rest of the week. Uh, you'd be so shaken and, and, and overwhelmed, even if you believe you're a great speaker and you, you've been lobbying to have a platform. But you start thinking, okay, so, so okay, now we got to arrange this. What's going to happen? People, who's going, is anybody showing up? You know, uh, uh, you know, and, 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 and there's a lot more people. Will they like me? You know, you're going to process through a lot of things, but, but, but the only thing you can do is show up. 
There's a level of uncertainty. You don't know who's coming. Do you know every time we put something on, we don't know who's coming? We don't know how it's going to go. We do New Year's, the, the, uh, the plays. There's a level of uncertainty there. You don't know if anybody's going to like it or people going to go, are we serious right now? Who put this together? What kind of, what is this? You don't know if you sing, if people are going to lift their hands and worship or not. Especially when we, when we, the early years we first started the church and people felt like they was under lock and key. Well, I don't see nobody else got their hands up. I ain't put my hands up. You don't know. But you come out and you offer yourself to God. You don't know if what God told you to teach is what people want to hear. You know, you don't know that. I don't know that. So I, I'm not basing it on y'all. I'm basing it on my obedience. If I base it on y'all, you know, you don't know that if that face means, really? This is dumb. Or that face means, I can't believe I did that. You don't know if the face means, oh, hurry up and finish. Or, man, what in the world was I thinking about? Man, that one hit hard. You don't know. So why bother even processing through all that? Just be obedient to what God says. You see what I'm saying? There's a level of uncertainty at every level. But you can sit, you know, you can leave, you, you preach, you leave. Oh, man, this was terrible. Nobody liked it. You didn't even talk to nobody. Then people come up to you, oh, that was wonderful. Mm-hmm. You're just saying that because you like me. They just told you the truth. Sometimes you don't share. You got all this that God wants you to share. Because you in your head, ain't nobody going to hear what I got to say. And I'm going to mess up and, and, and suppose I forget the words. and See, all that, you don't need all that. Just finish the movie, right? Don't jump to conclusions, all right? Um, I'll end with this. I'll just end with, uh, I was going to end with Romans 8, but we'll, we'll start with Romans 8 next week. But I'll just say this. Are you you got to ask yourself, are you thinking for yourself and not everybody else? Because sometimes we're thinking for everybody. They don't, they, they don't get to open their mouth. We're thinking for them. We're thinking what they're thinking, what they're processing. When they tell you what they're thinking, you're saying, no, you got to be thinking something else. Right? We don't need to be doing all that. <laughs> That's too much. That's stressing you out. You don't have to go through all that. Realize God has designed some wonderful, special, fearfully and wonderfully made people. That would include everybody in the room, everybody watching, everybody that's going to watch after today. That's all of us. So now just finish, finish it out. Let it play itself out. Sometimes we've corrupted God's God's what God had planned because we, we allow people to distract us. We allow people to get in our heads. Um, but all you got to do is get back in harmony with your script. That's all you got to do. It's a wonderful script, and it plays out phenomenally. Let it play us out. There's some special things waiting down the road on the movie. All right? We're in there.